Hello everyone and welcome back to the Girl Recovering Podcast. My name is Kelly and I am so excited to be joined by Liz Newcomer, the host of the podcast Resiliency and Running and a mental health advocate. She is known for sharing her journey with eating disorders and is an advocate for positive body image. Today she is here to share her story and her advice all from her experience. So welcome Liz to the podcast. Thanks so much. So first of all, so the viewers get to know you a bit better, tell me a bit about yourself and your story with mental health. Yeah, so I am 24 years old. Um, I went to undergrad and did a master's in London. Um, I've been around a bit, um, but I've definitely had my fair share of mental health experiences and um, battles. And it all kind of started in middle school, actually, when I was bullied. And it was kind of like the first time that I actually think that I became aware of myself and who I am. And, you know, bullies just kind of tend to point out different attributes about yourself that I don't think you really think of too much on your own. And I think at such a young age, it really like can be such a trigger. And I think prior to that, I was definitely such a carefree kid that just when I played a lot of sports. And so I would just, I like weight was never a concern for me. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of remember that as like being the catalyst of when I started to kind of notice my weight more and started to notice when, you know, I was eating too much or eating too little. And so that kind of, I think my biggest um, thing that I've shared, like in a YouTube video before was kind of just, as soon as you let someone else's opinions become your own, whether they're a bully or their colleague or their, you know, whoever, that's kind of when everything will start to kind of ricochet into your own life, because that's kind of when, you know, the eating disorder started, the depression started, the anxiety and all of the mental battles that I've um, kind of battled since then. And I think, you know, similarly, I think you can probably relate to the fact that, you know, you can recover from an eating disorder, but I think it's kind of a lifelong thing where you kind of are always thinking about it and you always kind of revert back to it, not to say in a negative way, but it's something that kind of follows you. And you definitely just, there are certain things that kind of might trigger you from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great way of putting it. I think a lot of the times when people suffer with negative body image issues or even eating disorders, you know, it really affects you when you actually start to believe it and internalize it or else it doesn't really affect you. So I think it's kind of learning to not do that. So you've kind of been an advocate now. You have your own podcast. So what do you think was the catalyst for changing the way you personally thought about health and weight or body image? I think it really kind of started when I actually started to educate myself truly on like food and nutrition. And I think a lot of this actually stemmed from when I kind of saw what happened with my own body after starving it for as long as I did. And kind of like specifically, like, I think a lot of people that have suffered from eating disorders have probably experienced something with, you know, issues in their period. And I, I lost my period for about two years. So a scary thing where, um, I remember like my doctor specifically saying, you know, if you don't recover soon, you might have issues and trying to have kids when you're um, older. And I think that really hurt a lot because I think that's something that I've always thought about, you know, ever since I was a little girl, you know, of course I want to have kids. Of course I want to grow up and have my own family. And so I think it was just really interesting to learn really about food and not just on the numbers, not just on how many calories are in an apple or a cracker. And it's actually like, you know, what ingredients go into it and how does this fuel me? And especially now as a runner, I've just also really 
you know, looked into how I can be fueling myself during runs, before runs, after runs. And it's all just something that is so important that I just never would have thought about, you know, before when I was very stuck in like my eating disorder mindset. For sure. And similar with me too, when I was going through my eating disorder as well, it kind of was that realization from the doctor of all these things that it's having to your body besides just having mental impacts, also the physical impacts. And I feel like it's really scary to go through that. And that scares a lot of people kind of into wanting to improve themselves in a way. But what helps you specifically stay focused on healing rather than returning to old habits? I think I definitely just try and I think comparison can be such a, um, I think it's, they always say it's the thief of joy or whatever, but mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where, you know, sometimes I'll find myself like the thoughts start to come back. If you start to look at like, say models, oh my gosh, like how is she so skinny? How is, you know, how, why does she look like that? And I look like this, but I think I always kind of remind myself of like my own healing journey and just how much, like not only that your body's gotten you through, but also what you like me myself have put through, put my body through. And, um, just a lot of things that, you know, I'm really grateful that my body is, you know, that I, I feel like I could have been a lot worse, I think. And I think, um, I'm, re- I'm just really grateful for, you know, just having a healthy body that is strong enough to continue to allow me to be a- as a- athletic that I want to be. And just, um, I think, you know, being able to get like your period back and just a lot of different health things that you would never really think of. Um, and I think it's just, you know, it's hard, but I think it's just having to kind of remind myself that I'm thankful for the body that I'm in. Absolutely. That's a really good piece of advice because that's something a lot of people forget, especially in that certain mindset is looking at all the ways why your body's wrong instead of looking at why it's actually good and and the good things about it. Um, So you talked kind of about comparing yourself. And I know for me, one of my biggest struggles has been staying off social media, which is kind of the first step in not comparing yourself. I know that's something that I fall into a lot is scrolling on social media for hours and falling into that trap of comparing myself to people on there. So how would you personally say to anyone who's struggling to kind of come off of social media or struggling not to compare? What's your biggest piece of advice with that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think me, myself, I've definitely been trying to limit the amount of social media that I've been taking in, especially in this past year that we've all been you know, like stuck at home. And it's, it's definitely easier to be on social media more. But I think that that's where a lot of, you know, the mental health issues stem from is when you're spending so much time getting such a glimpse into, you know, only the highlight reels of people's lives is that you look at your own life. And, you know, for me, at one point, it was like, I'm not being productive with my day enough. I'm not working out enough. I'm not Um, job hunting enough. And it can, you know, it can kind of just waterfall into different pockets of your life. And so I think it's just kind of being able to look at yourself and your life and kind of seeing where are you struggling and how can you kind of work on those areas? I don't want to say fix, but I think it's just, you know, doing little things like even, you know, waking up each morning and just not going for your phone for social media first thing and just kind of being able to go and make yourself a cup of coffee or just really spend time with yourself. Because I think 
in this past year, um, I just had a lot of downtime. And I think a lot of us have to just really spend a lot of time more with yourself. And as someone who personally was on a very go, go, go kind of basis between, you know, being social with friends and going to work and just having a very busy life, I think it's really important to slow down and really just spend time with yourself and kind of have a daily check-in with yourself if you can, um, and just kind of see how you're doing. And I think, I think I was just looking at, um, actually something on your Instagram, just around like planners. And, um, I actually this year have like gotten, I'm trying to get into bullet journaling, but I think it's kind of cool just because, um, the one that I specifically was like looking to mimic kind of has a page where it has like for each month, you can kind of check in with yourself emotionally, physically and then like you know spiritually if you want to and then there's a page just for like a brain dump and so kind of I think it's just a good way of just checking in and seeing like how are you doing in these different areas of your life and what are some thoughts that are just like you know cramming your head that you just need to get out onto paper absolutely and I love seeing those trackers on Instagram and how creative people get with them. I know I have a mood tracker in my journal that I kind of just check in. And even if I don't want to specifically journal that day, I'll at least write down how I was feeling. And I feel like I'm more cognizant of how I'm feeling or if I'm sad, I totally let myself be sad. But if I'm sad 20 days in a row, I realize like, okay, it's time to pick yourself up. It's time to, to work harder and kind of get out of that slump. But definitely ways like that can help people to distract themselves from just going on their phone or immediately resorting to that. So you talked yeah. about um, kind of being bullied in when you were younger. And unfortunately, a lot of people go through that and suffering from opinions from others. And I know I still deal with it and many other people still do. So how do you ignore or overcome outside noise and opinions of others? Yeah, um, I think this can be really hard. And I think I've definitely... I think, you know, being bullied is a really sad thing and it can really have an effect on your mental health. And, um, I was actually interviewing this guy on my podcast and I think it's like a totally different thing to hear from, you know, a guy that they get bullied, everyone gets bullied. And it's like a really sad thing that I think a lot of us don't talk about enough, but I think it's really important for me just to kind of, I think for me, what I've learned this past year is that I've just kind of started to become just a little bit more of a private person. I say that ironically, like, you know, we have podcasts where we yeah. kind of talk about our lives and talk about our experiences. But I think something that I really noticed in the past year is that like, I actually noticed this in some friendships as well, where they had a lot of opinions and like, you know, outside, you know, noise and things that kind of like were impacting me in a really negative way and kind of were impacting the way that I saw myself. And so sometimes it's even just setting boundaries in your life and setting boundaries and friendships and relationships where maybe they don't make you feel that great. And I think it's really looking at what situations and what, um, friendships and relationships leave you feeling drained and maybe trying to set a boundary there and kind of see how that then affects you. For me, it's been really positive. It's definitely a hard thing to do. And setting boundaries is something that I've literally only learned about in this past year. But I think it's so necessary when you're learning um, how to just, you know, practice self-love and self-respect more. Um, And I think as someone who is definitely like an extroverted people pleaser type of person, I do always look to other people and I want to please people. And I want, you know, I do welcome opinions from other people, but I think that there's a point where you kind of have to hit the pause button and say, is this too much? And is this actually not good for me and my mental health? For sure. I'm very, very similar to you in that instance. I'm definitely a people pleaser. 
And recently I've been like very just recently trying to kind of set boundaries with the friends in my life that I feel kind of drain me. And I think that's so important for people to understand and something that comes more apparent the older you get. And I know how difficult it can be, but I've just started doing it and seeing how reciprocated that my friends are to me. They understand. And that kind of tells me I have the right friends. I'm just not kind of going about the relationship the right way. So having that definitely makes for a lot healthier relationships and also can determine who those toxic opinions are in your life and who those toxic people are. I think that's really important to realize sooner rather than later as well. Definitely. Definitely. And if, if, if those people aren't, you know, respecting your boundaries and respecting your needs, I think that that is quite telling of them as a person as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And those people definitely need to go sooner rather than later. I know from my experience, I've held on to relationships when it's just, it's not necessary and it's just is toxic. And and yeah, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser and I don't want to make people upset, but sometimes you have to kind of set those boundaries or take a step back from things just to help yourself essentially. Yeah. So you have a podcast and it focuses about running and how you use running to cope with um, your negative body image issues in the past. So for people going with similar issues, so whether they've had an eating disorder or whether they've just been stuck in that rut of feeling really negative about their body, what would you suggest are healthy coping mechanisms for this? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think really, you know, looking to find hobbies or Um, things that you're actually truly passionate about. And I think it's really ironic for me that running has kind of become my thing because um, as someone who used to use running as kind of like a punishment, and I would honestly like make myself slave away at the treadmill when I was trying to lose weight so hardly. um, It's kind of interesting for me how I've turned that relationship with running around to be really positive and something that I really enjoy. And so I think, especially as someone who works full time, I think it's really important, even if you're in school to have something outside of, you know, those things that you need to do every day to have something like reading or drawing or painting that you really enjoy and kind of puts your mind at ease and kind of, you know, gives you peace. And I feel like that's kind of what podcasting has been for me as well. And I think even if I have a busy week at work, I'm always looking forward to, you know, having conversations like this, where you just get to connect with other people and you get to talk about things that you're passionate about and kind of just share and learn from others. For sure. And I was the exact same way, except mine wasn't running. Mine was going on the elliptical. (laughs) I would (laughs) slave away on that thing and think that that was going to help me look skinnier. And honestly, it never really did. And from that is where I found out that I actually like working out, just a different type of working out for me. And yeah, having hobbies is so helpful. I mean, having a podcast for me definitely has helped me cope with a lot of negative thoughts or you know, mental health issues and my kind of escape is piano. That's something I've picked up. And I think there's kind of something out there for everyone, for sure. Definitely. So we talked about kind of past selves and past issues we went through. So if you could go back and give a piece of advice to your high school self, what would it be? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think both of us kind of are similar and how we talked about, you know, struggling with an eating disorder in high school. And I think that that's typically when a lot of girls and men, um, also, you know, that's kind of a time when you're kind of, you know, growing and you're growing into yourself and you're kind of realizing these different things about yourself. But I think 
one, it's really important to try not to worry. And it's definitely easier said than done. But I think it's just, you know, I I think I spent so much time, so much wasted time worrying about myself, worrying about my appearance. Um, And I would just put so much effort, even after I lost the weight, I would still, I I remember like I used to just go all out with my makeup and my hair and people in high school used to remember me as the girl with like curled hair and a bow in her hair. And that was like quite literally, like I would put like hours into just going to school. And like, now I look at myself and like my makeup routine is like foundation and mascara and that's about it. And (laughs) brush my hair before my zoom meetings and that's about it. But it's just weird to think about how much I worried about how, you know, what people would think of me and what their opinions would be of me. And I just think it's at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what you think of yourself. And I think it's more important to focus on that relationship with yourself versus, you know, what other people may have opinions of around you. And I think, again, you know, as soon as you let one negative opinion affect you, that's kind of when everything will come crashing down. Um, and I think also just to try your best not to compare yourself to others. Again, another thing that's easier said than done, but I just think it's, you know, you'll never find anyone that's truly unique like you. And you're just like, you know, you can try your hardest to lose the weight and you can try your hardest to look like that one model. But I even found that when I did lose the weight and when I did, you know, kind of, you know, reach your quote unquote goal number, I was never satisfied. And I think that's what I found is that like, as hard as I tried, I was never satisfied. And it was like something that I always thought would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hit this, you know, weight number and I'm just going to be satisfied and so happy with life. But I remember hitting it and just being like, oh, is this it? And even then it was like, I was expecting all these great comments and yeah, people commented on my weight, but it was like, you know, some were positive, but some were actually quite concerned. And so it's just like, it's never what you expect it to be. And I think just trying to become someone else is, you know, just the wrong answer. And I think just really focusing on the fact that no one is, you know, like you and you were uniquely created to be you. Definitely. And I think our stories are very, very similar. I also, would dress to the nines, do my hair, do my makeup, and was like pretty much the only one that ever did that. And I was made fun of it for it, but I thought that's what I needed to do. And later on, I found out I love doing makeup. I love doing my hair. I love doing my outfit. So kind of different outcome from yours, but something that kind of was shamed and I felt that I still had to do it. Um, But even, you know, with what you said with kind of just relaxing and not caring about every single opinion about you. I think it can definitely just completely tear you down, especially in high school while you're developing. And I got very similar comments to you. You know, some people would say, oh, wow, you look amazing. And other people would say, well, you look way too skinny. Like what is going on? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that really shows you can never please everyone. And it's super hard to please yourself. So don't rely on anyone else's comments. Just find out what is good for you because that feeling of never being satisfied, I feel that all the time. And I'm trying to learn to not feel that as intensively because that can really, really hunker down on you and put a lot of stress on you. That's just so unnecessary. No. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm going to shift to ask you a bit more about your podcast because we've talked about that a little throughout this episode and I'm interested to learn more. So why did you start your own podcast and become an advocate? Um, so I started it, I think it's something that I really never thought of doing. And it actually, um, it actually came from a book idea that I had that I'm still kind of working at, but like 
the name and like how my episode titles are kind of created was kind of very similar to how I wanted to write this book and write these book titles and so or chapter titles and so um it was I think I was like trying to hunker down on writing this book in quarantine but I was finding that like I kept wanting to perfect each chapter and I kept wanting to change them and add something or take something away. And so I think someone just must have randomly one day recommended, you know, why don't you start a podcast? And then the idea came to me of like, you know, you could release episodes and you can, you know, release episodes later that kind of work off of another one. So like I've done an episode before on like my eating disorder story, but then someone kind of brought it to my attention, you know, how do I, how do I approach my friend that has an eating disorder that I suspect my friend has an eating disorder. And so then I made an episode on that. And that was kind of like, you know, a part two to my previous episode. And so I think podcasting has just been really nice because it's like a really cool way of sharing these experiences. But I think also 2020 was just quite a transformative year for me that I think um, I look at quite positively. And I know that a lot of people look at 2020 as a really negative year, but I think it was really a year that I got to slow down and kind of like what we were saying, you know, focus on myself and actually give myself back a lot of the love and respect that I was kind of freely giving to others so often. And so I feel like I just learned a lot of things in the past year that I had not known about like prior things like boundaries and things, you know, of that nature. And so I think as I'm learning, I think it's like a way for me to kind of share and um, hope that people connect with it and learn from it, um, from hearing it through me rather than having to experience it themselves. Definitely. Then that's awesome what you're doing. That whole story was just incredible. I'm just sitting here in awe. Um, Yeah, it's really awesome to hear what you do and kind of how you started from all the things you've learned in 2020. I think for me, it's been very similar. I've really noticed a lot of things about myself and have been working to better myself. And I think it's really important for a lot of people at home to take that time to focus on themselves. So with all the great advice that you've shared today, do you have any final pieces of advice for anyone battling through similar mental battles or any closing remarks you want to add? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you to Kelly for having me on the podcast. Um, but um, just know that you are so, so incredibly loved and important. Um, and I know that I haven't really touched on it too much, but I've definitely, I, I definitely had a lot of extremely low points where that I don't share about a lot, but we're definitely probably some of the closest that I've ever come to wanting to actually take my own life. And so um, I think that these are just things that I'm reminded of constantly. And so I know that you know, I know that feeling and I know, um, you know, I'll never forget what that feeling is like. So I think it's just, if you're struggling in that and you're, you know, just in a really low place, I think it's just important to look at your situation as taking it day by day and that you don't need to reach a level of productivity to feel, you know, like you're enough each day and that you're enough already as you are. Um, and, I also randomly have a YouTube video that I released kind of like a year after my recovery on YouTube um, that's somewhere in my link tree on my um, podcast Instagram that I can share. But um, it was just kind of reflecting a lot on, you know, how eating disorders and how mental health can really trickle into these other really scary things. And so I think, you know, things like self-harm and like wanting to take your life or just things that people don't like to talk about and things that I still forget about, you know, being at, at those really low points. And so I think it's just really important to remember 
that you are really important and that, you know, there are people that want you here and that people that truly care about you. And I think um, also if you're struggling, um, there is someone in particular, her name is Cambria Joy. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's, yeah, yeah, she's on YouTube. And I remember, I think I discovered her super early on into my recovery. And so I was still kind of in the stages where I was struggling. Like I wanted to recover, but I couldn't. And I kept falling backwards and I kept, you know, you keep, you know, just tripping and kind of falling and you need to keep picking yourself back up again. And I just really resonated a lot with a lot of her YouTube videos. And I know she's on Instagram she's got like a book published and a podcast now, but at the time that I had found her, um, it was just a lot of her YouTube videos were really, really helpful. Um, and I think she shared a lot about her eating disorder story that can really resonate with a lot of people. Um, but yeah, just, I think most importantly, just know that you are loved and you are so important. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is so brave of you to share your story. And I'm definitely going to check out that YouTube video after we're done here, but it's so important for people to come forward with that because like you said, not a lot of people talk about it and so many people battle it. I know I've also battled self-harm before and, you know, no one comes out about it. So it's really important that people like you do come and, and share their story. So that's awesome that you do that. Um, so I'm sure people want to hear more about you. So where can listeners find and connect with you? Yeah. Um, so I am on Instagram. Um, the podcast is at resiliency and running, and then there is a link tree in that bio that has kind of links to everything. Um, even to this YouTube channel that has like one or two videos on it. Um, but I, the podcast is available and I think on about eight different listening platforms. So Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, all the um, spaces are pretty much covered. But um, yeah, I think my thing is that my DMs are always open and I will, I always love chatting with people. And so I would love to talk. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed being on your um, podcast today and just, I love the questions that you asked. And I think it's just really important to kind of reflect on, you know, such hard times as we kind of go into a new year. For sure. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and taking the time to talk to me. I really loved your advice and I'm sure my listeners will as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. And otherwise, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and make sure to check me out on Instagram at the girl covering.